there. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast. We have such a treat for you. Today's guest is Corey Briscoe, managing partner at ABCD and Company. He's known as the company culture guy, and I can tell why. Corey leads with his heart in everything he does. His energy is contagious, his thoughtfulness clear, and his creativity is top notch. He advises legislators, university presidents, and corporate executives. He builds amazing events and campaigns and multicultural stakeholder strategies. He does a lot, and he does it all extremely well. Corey and I share a commitment to work at a higher purpose, but that's only some of what you'll hear in this conversation today. Today, we'll meet the Corey behind all of it. We'll talk about our families, our faith, and what opportunities he found to move forward during the days of COVID-19. I loved this conversation, and I hope you do too. So stay tuned for my conversation with Corey Briscoe. Corey Briscoe, I'm so glad to get some time with you today to have you on the Mission Forward podcast. I've been wanting to have you on the show, and I'm glad to to have you on this season. Um, I'm going to start where we tend to start, which is just checking in and asking um, for for those listening, give us some context for where you're sitting, um, where we find you today, and what's one thing in your view that makes you happy? Well, Carrie, um, thanks so much for having me on. I, I I think the work that you are doing at Mission Partners is so important, and I think that um, we are a better world because we have leaders like you that are having these conversations across the country. Um, you know, it, 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 it's funny to find us the day after inauguration um, in, in a new year, in, in, in a new pivot, if you will, and, and I find myself, you know, I, I think I would use the the word strong and courageous. I, I think maybe strong, courageous, and a sprinkle of hopeful. I I think despite um, despite party, you know, our our country is one founded on what I believe is decency and. For me, I just think that we are, we're all exhaling and we are, we're all trying to press forward and we're all trying to see what next looks like. So I, I find myself in that position of, you know, there are a ton of opportunities. There, there, there are a ton of things that we have to solve. And so I find myself being a little more bold and courageous, recognizing that with COVID and all the other challenges economically, um, like you being a small business owner, that we're having to pivot and, and figure out what a path forward looks like. But I, I think I have you know, I am getting my emotional agility back to, to, to get ready to be back on the wheel and, 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 and press forward. Yeah. I I've got the same kind of feeling that there's a little more wind at my back today uh, mm-hmm. than I feel like I've, I've felt in recent years. Yeah. So Corey, as I mentioned, and as you perfectly teed up right there, this whole season is about this idea of pressing forward and how we do it, even when we're up against tough moments, um, when we're facing obstacles. Now, I can only imagine the obstacles that one in the event management industry faces <laughs> in a time like COVID. Yeah. So, you know, tell, tell me a little bit that, you know, let's just set the context for what 2020 was like for you and, and maybe even broader, when you reflect back on it, what did it teach you about your work, 
your team, you as a leader, you know, wherever you want to go with that. Like you know, ABC and Company is a marketing and events firm, and and we've really built a brand on stakeholder engagement and 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 really looking critically at how organizations really connect and communicate to their target audiences. And so, for us, being I, I I'll be candid and say over fifty percent of our our business was was in person events, right? And so here here we are, twenty twenty comes, and you know we're hearing this, these rumors of COVID, and then COVID is real, and you know the hope is ah it'll, it'll you know it, it's going to pass, and then there was a point where it just didn't pass, Gary. You know it was it was here and it was present. And uh, I found myself scared as a leader. I, w- I was scared about the tough decisions that I was afraid I was going to have to make. I was scared about um, the unknown and trying to figure out, you know, did I have, a do- did I, Corey, have enough innovation in me to pivot? And, and did I have enough wherewithal to be strategic and figuring out what our next was? And so, you know, we, we, we thank goodness have a great team that that really unified um, uh, across the, the 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 whole company and from management to to all the way down. That really kind of said, "Well, what's our next, and how are we going to pivot?" We pivoted into the virtual event space, which got crowded really really fast. But I I found that people who who were uh, that knew our brand, that had great conversations and relationships with us, trusted us, even in a space where we were new and we were we were figuring it out with clients. And, and as you know, that's that's the scariest place to be is is trying to have expertise in a place that and and let's be honest, events in person are very different from virtual. The stakes are very different, and so. Here is us pivoting. Here's us uh, transitioning into a, a new mindset. And I and I ultimately think it it needed to happen, right? You know, as, as business owners, Carrie, you and I talk about that that time of strategy. You know, we get so stuck in the work that, you know, we don't have time to think about new service lines or offerings or or how we're gonna do things differently. And unfortunately, you know, and maybe it's fortunately, the good Lord just sometimes sends you obstacles in your path where you've got to either if, if you can climb over it or you've got to build some some mechanism to deal with it and so um we dealt with it we we're, we're moving forward in a positive way and i'll tell you interesting enough we saw our best year in in our history in the history of our company um was was 2020 and it just shows you that in spite of challenges you we can persevere you we can be resilient and i think it uh, your ecosystem and the people around you are so pertinent to that you know it's the it's the perfect example of the the stoic virtue that it's not what happens to you it's how you respond to it yeah. and and i think you and the team at abcd really rose to that, right? You said there's, I already know how much competition there was and and remains in your space, right? There's a lot of people who could put on an event, but what you do, you've got a really unique way of thinking about how you gather people, right? How you engage um, people. And so I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. If you're willing to share of that approach that you take, which I think really does center the person and the experience. When I look at uh, us as, an, as, as a firm that, that does these events, it's easy to get stuck in the minutia of an event, right? What are we going to eat? How many people are coming? Where's the hotel? Logistics? 
my history in coming to events is not traditional. I didn't work for a hotel. I didn't do, you know, normal marketing event stuff. My first two degrees are in political science and English. I was in politics for at the federal level. But I had three other colleagues, and we realized we put on great events that brought people together for a more strategic objective, that brought people and gave more meaningful engagement. And so a part of our focus as, as a firm became pivoting and giving this 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 experience like you know you look at Nordstrom and you look at Disney and 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 we probably say we we look up to to companies like that because they give you an experience right Nordstrom it, they bring you the bag around the counter right and it's it's those tidbits that you're like hmm it's different right Disney it's the same thing it's the most magical place and they work to make sure from the time you get your ticket all the way to getting on a ride food etc that it's this experience. And so we we decided to, to really give a hard look at what, what's the purpose of events and what do clients really want out of it? You know, anyone can manage a budget. Anyone can can do, you know, room and board and, and, and all of those good things. But how do you create an experience that makes people want to double down on the brand? How do you create an experience where where people are curious about what other opportunities are? And, and we begin to look at innovations differently. You know, even last year, we hired a chief innovation officer, which I, I argue was a commitment. It's not a it's not a, a solution. It's a commitment as a firm to say that we need to look at this and we need to explore it. I think it's a danger to say, oh, we're innovative because because we hired a person to, to lead that. Their, their job's to manage it, to help us look differently and, and, and hold us accountable, but it requires all of us to be innovative. And, and so our approach as a firm really was that. It was focusing the a human-centered approach to uh, events. What do you want to get out of it? How do you want to engage, you know, and how to, how does that then spider into, you know, the landscape of interactions with, with a company or organization? Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash mission forward. There's over 180,000 titles for you to choose from, including a short but powerful parable like the coffee bean. Then in 20 minutes time, we'll give you a whole new perspective on how to take on the day ahead. Visit audibletrial.com slash mission forward to get your free audiobook today. I had a um, foundation leader uh, say to me just a couple weeks ago, I was asking her if she was planning to bring back her big fundraising event, which for years and years has been their single, single most, uh, or their single largest fundraiser for this organization. And she said, well, COVID forced us to not be able to have it. And so we were forced to think about different ways to engage with our community. And the reality is, it, it forced us to be innovative because we hadn't realized how tired we had become by doing the same yeah. thing over and over again. And to your point, it's not about the food that you serve on the plate, right? It's about really, truly the experience you create. Um, so it does seem like that's an important 
takeaway from the 2020 experience to, to bring forward? Is that something that, that you see truly as being uh, one of those points that you'll bring forward into this year? Yeah, because the reality is, Carrie, there are a whole bunch of people that will never go back to in-person events. Like I think we in the events industry need to not be naive and, and think that um, the events industry is now in a total disruption, right? Um, we have to look at uh, what I believe is now a permanent hybrid model. It is how do we bring an experience to those who will come in person, but those who are going to be at home. You know, one of the things that we did um, as a firm is we started an, a new service line in the whole gifting approach. And that came out of literally just saying, we've got these events and how on earth are we going to make people feel like they're all getting the same experience? Because the reality is, right, when you look at an event virtually, I might be on an iMac. You might be on a Dell, right? The color, the resolution, the sound quality. There's so many things that affect how we experience it, right? And so what we thought was, well, how can we take some of the variables out or enter variables that make it where everyone gets the same experience? And so we started the, this this line of, of gifting and propelled it, re- it really propelled from our virtual events and sending out swag bags and, and items and being thoughtful about engaging our attendees, which later turned into people wanting to just connect with, with customers. But it, it comes out of a necessity to again, create an experience. And I think, uh, sadly, you know, we, we've all gone away from that sometimes. It's, it's, it's the nature of work. We get into the, 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 you know, A, B, C, D, and, and, and that's the structure. And it, it takes, unfortunately, sometimes difficult moments for us to pivot and be thoughtful in a, in a different way. I do want to make sure that we include some information because I will say firsthand, having received a gift from ABCD and having opened it only to have balloons come out and an amazing gift basket. Unlike anything I had ever seen before, every single touch and every single detail in there, it truly was, it was an experience. And my family was with me when we opened it and we all had this moment of, wow, like I feel so loved. This is amazing. So we, we felt every bit of emotion in that, um, that, that you all had planned for. So, uh, I want to make sure that we share that with, with the folks who are listening. Thanks, Carrie. So let's pivot for a minute because I think you and I both think about work as the way by which we show up and live our values and live our faith and, you know, advance our purpose in the world. That's right. I know that faith and family are central to your life as they are in mine. And so I'm thinking about in a year like the one we've had, how did faith and family Mm. play a role in getting through 2020? You know, for, for me, Carrie, um, you have to have a foundation to fall back on, right? And I think that what we experienced was was so traumatic for all of us. Let's let's not let's 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 not take this lightly that there is there is gonna be some serious trauma from from all of this. How do we integrate our kids back into a classroom, right? That have not been going and everything's been virtual or get them back on a regimented schedule, right? Or or people that have worked remotely that now have to come in and, and be back in the office and there there's so much that we're going to as a society have to reckon with. And I found that when I felt lost and and confused 
and I was trying to ground myself, I I turned to my faith. I turned to to prayer and reflection, and I I turned to family, you know, and I I recognize I have a a very broad definition of family. I I truly believe that there are friends in your life who become family, right? And and I think that's so important um, to have that, that ecosystem, that tribe that allows you to be vulnerable, that allows you to be honest and transparent and that allows you to be uniquely you and so for me having the ability to call people and say hey I'm concerned about the outlook for ABCD and company. Um, as an owner, you, Carrie, and, and, and I and many others know it's tough. There are conversations that you you you, you, you can't have with, with, with the team at large. You know, you we're we're taught to be bold and, and courageous and, and in, especially in, in the in the eyes of our people to to have a solution. And sometimes the reality is we don't. And it requires us to have a formation of a foundation to really get ourselves unstuck. And and I depended on family members, the, the, the text message, the call, the Facebook post that, that allowed some level of normalcy that made us feel a little bit more connected, watching, you know, stories of people cooking or, or baking cookies with, with family members or, or just trying to be somewhat normal. Um, I depended on that to be whole because I, I think, you know, you said it best, but the our business the work that we do is is an important conduit to to what you know our end goal is whether it's to provide leadership or or to provide hope or or whatever it is but it's it's a conduit and you only can achieve that mission when you are holistically well mind right. body physically you know you know and that for me um spending that time with people cooking is a passion of mine i i love to cook so spending that time in meditation and prayer and cooking it it, it, it really did me well it's so true it is easy as almost too easy as a business owner to lose ourselves in the process right everything that we must tend to on so many levels all day all of the pieces that we are juggling on top of you know, not just doing the job, running the business, caring for our team, it's very easy to forget yeah. about caring for ourselves. And especially in a year like last year, you've got a, a great uh, routine and I don't know about all of it, but I know you take focused time of turning everything off and I know you start early. And I'm curious if you could tell, tell me a little bit more about how those pieces set you in motion to make sure you are indeed caring for yourself. So I, I think for me, there, there's there's two regimens that every good leader needs to have. It's a, it's a daily regimen. And then it's like your annual regimen. Like, you know, some people say, you know, every July, first week of July, we're going to the family and uh, or us, we're going to go to the beach or, or do something like that. I, I believe that those, those small breaks or, or outlooks or things that you look to, right? You know, oh, every Christmas we're going to, to the mountains or every every July we're going to the beach. But there, there's dedicated time where you can you can de- declutter the brain, right? De- and, and calm yourself. Um, I, I take that, you know, at the end of the year, it is, it, it is my policy. My team knows that I'm going to be out a minimum of, a minimum of, of three, three to four, three to four weeks. And I, I spend that time trying to refine myself, trying to become whole again, because the reality is the work that we do, 
we give a lot every day, Carrie. We're giving to our team. We're giving to clients. We are, and and the work that you and I do, we I don't, I don't think we see it as just you know, hey, we're we're giving a deliverable. We we want to change the game. We want to be impactful and and thoughtful. We want our work to scale and and to improve lives or improve human conditions and 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 have us think differently. And with that, you're you're giving a lot. So for me annually, I find myself on a schedule where I know I'm going to take X amount of vacations. I am going to observe holidays. I think it's it's a terrible thing to work through the weekends and the holidays every time. There's it, it, When you don't have that balance, how do you ever refresh yourself if you're always pouring out, right? You, you've you got to get refueled. And so for me, that's, that's schedule one or schedule really schedule two. But schedule one is a daily routine, right? I wake up very, very early in the morning and I start my day personally with prayer. I encourage everyone, find that meditation, reflection, whatever it is that powers you up, right? That 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 allows you to to calm the noise. I think there's so much noise. I, I think with the, the advent of social media and everything, so many different channels. We're getting stuff thrown at us every day. My emails, no matter how hard I work to keep my account at zero, I, I wake up every morning with a new pile of emails. You know, I'm one of those people that you look at your iPhone and you got the little red dot of messages. I'm like, oh, I got to get that, you know, ch- trying to clear it as best I can. It, but it's overwhelming. And I think having that time where the first thing I used to do it all the time, you know, in, in my corporate world, the first thing I did every morning was I grabbed my phone. And I found that that was killing me, Carrie. So I started letting the phone be the phone. And I woke up and, and I said, I, I centered myself and I, I, I spent that time aligning myself. And that gave me the ability to then process the day differently. When you start your day off with centering yourself and not start your day off with whatever email that, that you allow the email to set the mood. And so for me, it really is what's the daily routine, right? How are you assessing your purpose or assessing your task list for that day? And doing that at the outset and not at 10, by 10 o'clock when you finally get to the desk and you've responded to stuff, it really sets you on a better path. You have said this before, and I followed the same philosophy, which is it's about how do we get ahead of the day, right? How do That's we, right. As, you, as you just said, power up? But that is... That's not a, a one thing you can do and magic it works, right? It is That's a, right. We are, we are thinking about the sustaining for the long term here so that we're not burning out our, our minds or our bodies. Um, but getting that routine and keeping to that routine, focusing on, on the quiet first in the morning, right? That, that time before the world wakes up, because we both know once the, once the world wakes up and starts, we're, we're running, right? We're at it. That's right. That's, that's, that's totally right. And I, I think to your point, it isn't a one item thing, right? It's, there's no like, oh, I did this and, and all, all of a sudden everything's going to be better. It's, it's literally dedicated time. It is literally dedicated. Fo- it's discipline. It is a, it is a discipline that, that every good leader needs in order to be long-term effective. Yeah. It's an important practice to keep. You and I first met because of our shared role supporting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And so much, as you've as you've talked about just a little bit, so much of your career has been about supporting causes like St. Jude, helping them move their missions forward. The rule book for all of those nonprofits has changed. It's thrown out the window, right? How they think about fundraising and, and events and engagement. And yet, you know, when it comes back to 
that that word engagement. Right? So, what do you think as you as you look ahead? Maybe it's this year or beyond. But what do organizations and causes need to double down on in order to remain relevant and sustainable in this time that we find ourselves in? Carrie, that's a fantastic question, and it is so compounded and so layered um, because the reality is. I would argue that, you know, when you look at a lot of our organizations, we've been doing work, but have we been productive, right? We're getting stuff done, but are, are we really laying a foundation to the work that, that, that we're supposed to be doing? And I think, honestly, that we're going to have to shift back to mission, and I, and I, and I hate to give that indictment to seem that we're, we're not focused on mission, but I think that what COVID has allowed all of us, no matter the sector to do is to assess what matters. I think it is so easy for us to get in a regiment and we're doing stuff and we think we're being productive, but everyone now has to relook at budgets. We have to look at engagement. Now we can't have all these, these, these events. So we're looking at what are the goals of this event? How is it lining up with our strategic values? How is it lining up with our guiding principles? And how does it come back to mission and vision? And I think that our organizations have to take a hard look at themselves. They're, they're, you have to look at your, yourselves as, as an organization to determine uh, our mission and vision as in, this is what we believe, this is where we want to go, but then you have to evaluate it in the greater ecosystem of a changing world. Because the reality is, we're going to have to be more collaborative. This whole uh, notion of, you know, nonprofits and, and mission-driven organizations kind of being independent silos is, is non-existent anymore. And the reality is, is because of the changing economic landscapes, the, the, and the, the, the changing interactions, right? How do you power through a mailing, right? How, do, how does a nonprofit power through some of these, these vital things that they've always done? You know, we know we're going to start September X, Y, and Z to get this done by November. It's going to be our annual event that brings in X, Y, and Z. You know, people are working from home. People are, there's just so many different aspects. And I think what we, what, what organizations have to do is reassess what they want to achieve, right? And and, and once you assessed and, and, and looked and identify this is what we want to do, then you can actually power through and, and create tangibles and a, and, a, and a plan to get there. But I think that's that's the core for all of us. We're, we're looking at, at what we want to do and, and, and then assessing how we're going to do it. You know, there's a question that I've been asking myself a lot and certainly have asked myself over the last year that, I've started to ask some of my clients as well, which is what and who have I been taking for granted? What, who did I expect would always be there? What did I expect would always just happen in a certain way? So we think about this through our, our client's lens, right? What donors did we expect would always be there? Have we taken them for granted? And it comes back to the experience, right? Are we really reaching out and, and building and deepening relationships with people in a true way, not just taking for granted that that donor will still be there. 
That's uh, well said, Carrie. I think that that's true for all of us. And I think even for those of us that have clients that are, that were just new that, oh, this client is a go-to client that, you know, you book them in your, your budget a year in advance, you know, that they're going to be there. You're not worried about it. And we're all having to step back. We're all having to step back and reevaluate. And that's what I mean by, by really relooking at mission and vision and really focusing on, I I think we're going to see some amazing rebrands come out of this. I think we're going to see some, some amazing um, mergers come out of this. Cause I think the reality is a lot of us are doing the same thing. And the reality is if we could partner together, if we could be more strategic with the use of resources, um, impact, impact, impact could be so much greater. And, you know, and the, when I, when I, when we work with our philanthropic or our nonprofit clients, I'm telling them all the time, ah, this is a great idea that X, Y, and Z is doing, let's reach out to them. Let's figure out how we can partner. Let's figure out how we can do this together. Case in point, slight aside before I ask you this last question. Since the war on poverty began in 1964, more than 2 million nonprofit organizations have been established with similar missions to break the cycle of poverty. More than 2 million nonprofit organizations. Wow. So anyway, it's kind of an interesting uh, point of... of, uh, Having organizations come together uh, for greater impact is certainly one that makes sense. Last question as we check out. Leave me with a great idea, a book that you're reading, something that is inspiring you and sticking with you. One, I I think that great books, uh, great, great white papers are the things that, in my, in my mind, allow you to be a better you. And so I, I am constantly reading and I'm, ex- I, I'm always looking at uh, different projects to, to figure out how I could grow and develop and be a better leader. For me, one of the books that I, I'm reading right now is Emotional Agility. I think it's so perfect right now in the times that we're living with. It's by Susan David. Um, and, and the book really focuses on how do you become whole, right? Um, how are you one with your, your, your thoughts and how does that impact the work that you do? Right. And how can you marry, uh, your day to day with all the important things that, that, that you have to do with who you are fundamentally, you know, becoming compassionate and curious and, and courageous and and looking at a, a better world. I, I think, Mental health is going to be a huge thing coming out of COVID. And I think for me, um, I've been really blessed again by having an ecosystem. But uh, doing that, that, that checkup, that, that, that embracing work-life balance, looking at how we, we, we figure out how we show up our best selves is something that I think is super important to me. So that's, that's probably the book side. What's the great idea? Um, for me, I think that we are, we're trying to innovate every day here. We're trying to figure out what innovation means in, in our work and how it shows up in um, not just the work we do, but in our daily operations. And so for us, it really is almost uh, step, stepping back from the work so that we can be, be better people for the work. And I, I think that it's, it's all about self-care. Like we, we released at the end of the year kind of a, a self-care white paper that really talked about like businesses have to self-care too. Like what are the things that we have to do as, as a firm to self-care? Because you, you realize like, 
individually when you you don't go to the barber shop or the hair salon or or the nail or whatever it is that you take as self-care like you feel it right well a firm does too and i think unfortunately we we get into these cycles where we're just doing we're just implementing and executing that we haven't taken time to self-care and i think that's the new big thing. I, I think businesses, organizations have to take a step back and there there's someone that's gonna have to pull back the rein and say, hey guys, let's let's take a take a moment to look internal and do a self-care evaluation. It's a great way to end. Corey, thank you for taking some time to to talk and share your insights today. I'm so appreciative of you always and I learn so much from you every time I get a chance to to listen to you. So thanks for everything you're doing and for being such a great inspiration and leader. Thank you, Carrie. Thanks for having me.